We have an in-studio guest. It's Cece Lindstroth with Age-Friendly Northfield. Good morning, Cece. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in today. Well, I'm very happy to be here, it, as it's, always. It's crazy day. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's are crazy. we pulling you away from shopping here now? Or? <laughs> well, I am actually <laughs> heading down there right after we speak. Yes, I am. All right. And uh, it's in full gear. I... We've got people parked, not a whole lot of parking left right here in front of the KYMN studios, uh, but uh, still at downtown, very accessible. Uh, let's And accessibility, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about uh, today. Age-friendly Northfield is, uh, uh, from what I understand, uh, you have had some consultations with some of the, there's a lot of development, a lot of projects proposed for downtown Northfield. Has Age Friendly been in on that? Well, Jeff, this is great. Our minds are working in sync today because that's what I wanted to talk to you about and to let people know that, yes, um, Age Friendly has been involved with the city staff on several projects that are in the development stage. Our steering committee met with Ben Mardig and Dave Bennett to discuss uh, accessibility concerns with the design of the proposed transit hub and pavilion. Our comments centered around the adding of street-level access to the transit hub. Minnesota has way too many days that dealing with an outside two-level ramp for our community members with mobility concerns would be a problem. And after a couple of meetings, we are now looking at the possibility of a street-level entrance and an inside elevator to the pavilion and the depot as an alternative. And we are also encouraging an overhang on any outside ramp to eliminate ice and snow buildup. It's been wonderful meeting with the city staff and design consultants. Everyone has been great at looking at the concerns of older adults and all users of mobility devices, having an intergenerational focus for our community. Now, so you are not only being listened to, but are they uh, acting on the uh, advice that uh, you're giving them? I mean, it's one thing to give input and somebody say, okay, thanks, have a good day. (laughs) Um, But uh, there's another thing to actually, you know, have this stuff built right into the design. Well, I can tell you, yes, we are seeing changes in the design, just an awareness of what it takes um, to get to a public space, it is important for us to think of it not just for older adults, but for that intergenerational focus that I mentioned a moment ago. Mm-hmm. And the city sees that. In fact, um, in talking with Ben, one of the things he is is very in favor of is in our input. Like maybe we would even be one of those little touch points when a public space um, or building is being proposed, just to look at things. Um, for instance, with the transit hub, we were really talking, our steering committee was, about doing a virtual trip at the transit hub, coming in, just imagining ourselves as some people might have to deal with every day with a mobility device, and we want to access the transit hub. How would we do it? So we went through step step by step and shared that with Ben and Dave and the designers, and a couple of weeks later, a lot of those ideas and concerns were incorporated into other options that will be presented to the council when they look at the next step in this process. So I can give you a concrete example of yes. You know, that is uh, with a uh, a public facility such as uh, the transit hub and such. Uh, uh, the, the city does have some control over that. We've got a lot of private uh, uh, projects that are going on by 
you know, developers that are not in part of the uh, government. Um, are, are they working with you? Do you feel like the city has established some guidelines for the uh, construction that uh, keep in mind people who are either older, have some mobility issues and such uh, within the design? Um, I believe that they will. Yes, we have not met with anybody specifically about the developments that you're talking about that Mm -hmm. are under private ownership. But to be honest, how could they not? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) now that they know that we're out there and what a good point of view we have, how would they not want us? And things like shade are really important and benches with arms in these outdoor spaces that will be along the river walk. And the degree of the ramp, the ADA says that a ramp can be up to five degrees, but you could take a five degree ramp of length and in inclement weather, it is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to say, Yes, we will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure that you are. <laughs> I'll let you know, John. <laughs> Cece Lindstroth is uh, with us, and we're talking uh, about some of the developments within the uh, group Age Friendly Northfield, who's out uh, been out working for people of certain ages, of all ages, really, uh, for quite some time now. Yeah. Uh, what, what else have you been working on? Well, we had a great meeting with our fire chief, Tom Nelson. So many older adults wish to age in place, and Chief Nelson spoke with us about the importance of having working smoke detectors, which I am, Tom, actually in the process of getting new batteries for mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's and, a, and that is a process, <laughs> Tom. So. Yes, it is. Yeah. And having home inspections for fall prevention. Um, and then there are also options for the efficient entry of medical and fire responders. The vial of life, I think... Brian Edwards and Tom have spoken on one of your programs about that. The Vial of Life is designed to speak for you as an older adult when you can't speak for yourself. The vial could be a baggie that's on your refrigerator that contains important medical information that can assist emergency personnel in administering the proper uh, medical treatment for you in your home. A decal is placed on your door, alerting responders to the presence of this information. There is a cost to the decal, but our steering committee will discuss an idea forwarded by one of our steering committee members that Age Friendly could buy them and print out the forms that um, that contain the reference to medical information, and we would have these free at booths that we set up at community events, such as the Home and Garden Show, or maybe it could be a workshop offering in partnership with the library or 50 North. Um, another future topic, this this is really cool, a future topic for a steering committee is disaster resilience, and disaster can be in many forms, such as We have tornadoes, excessive heat if electricity is off. So older adults are the majority of fatalities in disasters. Resilience plans in many communities can include something as simple as knowing where your seniors are. But here are some examples of plans in places in communities across our country. I love this one. Fairbanks, Alaska put together 300 rolling backpacks so seniors don't have to wear them on their back that contain what a senior would need if in a shelter or isolation for two days. Everything was actually tested by seniors to make sure the items chosen were easy to open and easy to read. 
Each backpack cost $110, but the backpacks were also accessible on a sliding scale of affordability. So these are the cool things they contained. A two-day supply of water, two days of stable food that are easy to open, that seniors practice getting them open, (laughs) either flipping the can or twisting the top, Um, having high-protein things in them such as Ensure, a flashlight, a crank radio with a lantern that can charge a cell phone. They worked with Costco on that. (laughs) A first-aid kit, a pill dispenser, a denture kit, washable disposable cleansing wipes, incontinence supplies, and things like lip balm and pens and paper. But isn't that just a cool project? I I loved that. Another one in Kentucky. Uh Kentucky did something um, statewide called Weathering the Storm Together. They were live and Zoom town hall meetings covering scam awareness. That's a really interesting topic when you think of seniors and all the scams that can suddenly pop up right after a disaster. Talked about preparedness and information from the Red Cross was shared. But did you know, here's a tricky question, Jeff. Shelters can only be run by the Red Cross with certified workers. So communities, though, can have emergency centers. These are quicker and easier to open. Outside funding is available. In Maine, they have several of these in communities that they're trying out. They have kitchen facilities, community members who show up have had CRP training. They have people that are trained to work with FEMA. There's an agreement with the fire department to bring seniors to the center, and they are open to all ages. So the essential question, I guess, is how is our community prepared to aid older adults in the event of a disaster? <laughs> what do you think, Jeff? It's a, all good ideas. <laughs> That's right. How do we go about implementing That's right. Well, our steering committee will be talking about this Mm -hmm. and looking at organizations in town that are maybe looking for a project Mm -hmm. where we could start something like this. Because on a day with this excessive heat, you kind of worry if the electricity would go out like some communities in our area from the storms of the Mm -hmm. past couple of days. That's a concern. Yeah, we've had uh, some some bad hail storms and uh, some some that have knocked out power. I had... uh, uh, in Illinois earlier this year, I have uh, family down there. They had a derecho with straight line winds of like 93 miles an hour. But uh, my niece lived in a town that did not have power for like three or four days. And it was much of uh, south central uh, Illinois. So it uh, those things do happen. They can happen. And, and for under the, uh, certain circumstances, they the, the, that can be deadly for people. Yes. Yes, especially older, vulnerable mm-hmm. adults that are living in place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once again, Cece Lindstroth is with us. Uh, we are talking about uh, age-friendly Northfield, uh, the group, and what they have been working on. Cece, is there anything else uh, you'd like to pass along? Well, yes, I have a little error that I made that I need to correct. Mm-hmm. I, for my whole professional career, for 40 years, I proofed papers written by students. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had to proof an ad going in the community ad and rec brochure. Uh-huh. I did not do a good job. I, did, I have lost those skills. <laughs> and so I just want to say to people that the Methodist mile option for walkers that doesn't start until November, but I just want to make sure that people know that from November to March, it's from 2 o'clock until 4 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays, not noon. So again, I apologize for that. <laughs> I've contacted the brochure people, accepted the ownership, uh-huh. and 
it's probably good I retired from education. When <laughs> Mrs. I did. Lindstroth made a mistake. I, I know Tom Nelson was one of my students too. <laughs> I'm sure he has some uh, kind words to say right now. <laughs> I hope he's so. listening to this. All right, Cece, thank you so much for coming in. Always enjoy talking to you. We'll see you again uh, next month. For sure, Jeff, and mm-hmm. thank you so much for giving us access to your audience. Cece Lindstroth, once again from age-friendly Northfield, off to uh, do some crazy days shopping. You're listening to 95.1 FM, AM 1080.